0: The Buccaneers moving on from Cameron Brait is the right move for the team in 2023 and beyond. That and more on today's Mock Draft Monday episode of Locked on Bucks. You are
1: Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked
0: on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the Ten Tampa Bay Plus app that you can find on Roku and Amazon Firesticks. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, deputy editor of SBNations.bucksnation.com, Joined by my esteemed son, devilly co-host, Mr. David Harrison. You can find his work over at Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. Of course, find everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks at JYarco underscore Bucks and at D Harrison eighty two.
1: Just like Rashad White is the top back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming out of Arizona State. For now, I am the top host of Locked On Bucks wow. coming out of Arizona State. Although we don't oh. need to release anybody to establish that fact here on Locked On Bucks. Thankfully, talking about what the Buccaneers should do at left and right tackle on today's episode and how second-year lineman Luke Gedeki works into that plan. And we've got a fan submitted mock draft for Mock Draft Monday. But first, James, while we were covering or trying to cover at least uh, the NFL scouting combine, Tom Pellicero of NFL.com uh, decided to drop a bombshell that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are expected to release tight end Cameron Brates. Now this follows the news that the Buccaneers are releasing running back Leonard Fournette that a little bit more of an expected move. Cause James, not a lot of people expected Cameron Brates to get released, but I know somebody who did, and that would be you. So take, even though you're the second best host on this show, take your victory lap. Now you just said you were the best host from Arizona state. Uh, Oh, that's true. And then I said, you know what? You know, you're, you're coming up roses here buddy
0: you're coming up roses so so take your victory lap here uh no it's just it was a move that always made sense to me uh that you have you have Cameron braid who Buccaneers fans love I love him you love him uh he's a he's a fun dude the most important catch he ever made in his life was catching the Lombardi trophy thrown by a avocado tequila drunk Tom Brady in front of his daughter screaming daddy no um but it was really all he could do was catch the ball. He was a liability in pass blocking. He was going to cost, what, $5 million? They just drafted two tight ends last year in Kate Otten and Coquif. And again, even though we saw some growing pains and some struggles out of Kate Otten, he kind of established that he was the tight end one. So at that point, when you have a tight end that costs as little as Kate Otten does and as little as Keith does, you no longer need to pay Cameron that kind of money. The bucks need to free up as much as they can. So Cameron to me was always an obvious choice to be on the chopping block. It just so happens that the first three reported, um, you know, signings or uh, uh, releases or expected releases were the three guys that I named. I still think that probably two out of the next three are going to be the ones that you named. So uh, I think as a show, we pretty much got this on lock. I mean,
1: we'll see. I'm actually starting to have maybe some second second thoughts about one of the guys that I named. It. We'll talk more about that coming up uh later on this episode. but Yeah, look, I mean, and and we go back to the, you know, we the episode where we cut, we cut some guys, we resigned some guys, or a guy, we signed a guy, we drafted a guy, right? And um kind of our weird off-season way of like, you know, there's there's other games like that. Um I I didn't have Cam Bray on my list. Uh, I didn't want Cam Bright to be on on that list. You know what I mean? And and that's you know, that's the sentimental thing. But look, I think a lot of Buccaneers fans, you look at social media and, and you know, it's okay for a player to be more beloved than be more, you know, football important. And I think that's kind sure. of where Cam Braith falls into now, you know, and, and when you look at, you know, a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this isn't the Dallas Cowboys who lead the the country in ratings, even when they haven't really done anything postseason wise since Troy Aikman. Uh, was still throwing a, a football you know on an nfl field like this the tampa Bay buccaneers kind of are the underdog story that's why like when tom brady came to tampa it was such a surprise to everybody because it's like really the, the buccaneers you're gonna go play for the buccaneers um and then you know everything that's happened since then but cam i mean he's, he's a pay cut guy you know what i mean like it looked like he was going to get a chance to start they bring in oj howard then he was kind of the tight end one but really at the end of the day it was all about like whenever oj's ready He's going to step up, and that was public knowledge. And, and Cam took it in stride, smiled. Told, I mean, famously told his agent at one point in time when his contract was up, "I don't care what the numbers are, I don't care what the stipulations are. Keep me here in Tampa. I want to be here." I mean, you know, how can you not, uh, as a fan base, just just kind of fall in love with a guy who clearly loves the team that he's playing for, the guys he's playing with, and the city that he's playing in? So I mean, uh, kudos, you know, kudos, to Cam, great for everything that he's done. Uh, personally, I hope his playing days aren't over. I hope, you know, I know the Detroit Lion fans like have already kind of called dibs on on cambray you know what i mean uh obviously you're not going to want to see him do well against the bucks if that situation ever arises but i i personally if cambray still wants to play uh, i hope that there is another place uh for him what i find interesting though is that you said k Otten kind of did what he needed to do to show that he was tight end number one and that's going to fold into the next part of this conversation because james i don't know that either of us expects a free agent signing to join this tight end room cambray only scheduled to make five million dollars so if you're cutting him you're obviously not looking to pay more than five million dollars, I don't think, and you're really probably not even looking to pay close to five million dollars. So I mean, anything less than three million dollars, you might as well might as well go uh, the draft
0: route, right? Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, we could I before the the show started, I jokingly thrown out. I was like, well, you know, they can bring back OJ Howard. He's not going to cost very much money. Um, but yeah, I think the route that they're going is they're trying to get younger. They're trying to build for the future while contend in a currently bad division that currently has all four teams with quarterback questions. So if you're going to go that route and you brought in Kate Otten, who had a a good year, not a great year, could have been a great year uh, outside of a a bad stretch. You have started to bring along Coquif, who's kind of your, uh, he's your blocking tight end. He, Mixes it up a little bit, comes back in the backfield to play kind of that fullback role. He's caught a couple of passes, but you still need that other guy that can come in and be that well rounded, uh, you know, blocker, pass catcher kind of weapon. Somebody that Kyle Trask or whoever the quarterback is can rely on, especially on third downs to to move the chains. What we saw out of Cameron Braid, but just with better blocking ability. So I think if, if you're going to cut him to save the money, obviously it doesn't make sense to sign a player that's going to be able to do that because it's going to cost you the same amount of money. So you, you got to look to the draft.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think I totally agree. So bottom line is Dotten. We love KDotten. Co-Keefe, I think he took a lot of people by surprise. I remember being in training camp and seeing this dude run around and snag a pass. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking uh, looking at, at my guy, Caleb Skinner from, from BucksMD.com. I was like, hold up. This dude... You mean he doesn't just stand in the way of big guys? Like he can do more than than that. I mean, and I think Kokeefeed did a lot. So if we're looking draft, James, where are you looking draft target-wise? Because I think that says a lot of what you think about K his future, even though you already said uh, tied tight end number one. So where are you going in the draft to add to this room? Because again, Keith and Cotton, we or cotton, Kate we can love them as much as we want, but they can't completely fill out a tight end room by themselves.
0: Right. Yeah. So the way that I'm looking at this is you need a tight end, obviously, but you have a guy there that, in my opinion, is a tight end once. So you don't need to spend your high capital, the first-round pick, the second-round pick, the third-round pick, on a tight end. As much as I love Michael Mayer and as much as I would be totally cool with them taking him, I would look to day three. And I think you can find a guy from a school that the Bucs are extremely familiar with because they have drafted uh, you know, a couple of guys from there. Uh, and I'm looking at Brenton Strange. The tight end out of Penn State, he's 6'4", 250. He can block, he can pass catch, and he's likely a guy that the Bucs can let fall to them. They may have to make a move to move up and and get into the earlier part of day three, but you're not talking about massive, massive draft capital at that point. Um, As a senior, last year, he played in 12 games. He had 32 receptions with five touchdowns, averaged over 11 yards a catch, and uh, a quarterback rating, when targeted, was 135. So he is incredibly reliable, which is going to be very handy if Kyle Trask is the quarterback. It's it's yeah. a guy that he knows he can trust. And in pass protection, zero pressures, zero sacks. If if Strange falls to day three, he is the complete package that the Buccaneers can bring in, compliment Cade Otten, Help out Co- Keeft and round out that tight end room. I like him a lot.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it certainly sounds good, and that's certainly an option. Look, for me personally, I'm not sold to K Dodin is tight end number one. Could sure. he be tight end number one? Absolutely, but I don't think he's earned that title yet. I don't think he's earned that right. And for me, if I've got a position group uh that doesn't have a clear cut number one guy like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they're your dudes. You don't you know what I mean? You don't even need to see it. They're their dude. You've seen it, you've seen it enough. Those are your guys. At tight end, I don't believe we have that guy yet. So for me. If that's the case then every round is on the table first round second round third round seventh round they're all on the table but i'm not going first round tight end if i'm the buccaneers i'm going second round and this guy may not even make it there especially after the combine he's had james but i'm looking at darnell washington out of georgia this dude is a monster on the offensive line he's an inline tight end so you pair him with a guy like kate out who's not quite as much of a monster right but maybe uh, maybe a better pass uh route runner at this point in time better pass catcher for the nfl at this point in time but you pair him with darnell washington you mentioned kyle trask if you got the two of them on the field in a in 12 personnel you now have a tight end that you know has really solid blocking foundations and can contribute there to keep kyle trask healthy but at the same time if he leaks out and he needs to put to, to make a play through the air uh he can do that too while you work on him and look chances are either darnell washington or kate Otton, you've probably got a tight end number one uh in that duo and then you still got ko Keith to play fullback for you uh and do some other things there so that's kind of that's kind of the, the ceiling. Like the highest guy for me, and, and really for most people, Darnell Washington is tight end number four behind Mayer, behind Dalton Kincaid, and behind Musgrave uh, out of Oregon State. So for me, you're looking at like tight end number four, especially if only one goes in the first round, psh, Darnell Washington might be there. End the second round, you trade up a little bit into the second round, and you get a second round pick with your organic pick, and you trade up maybe uh, and get another one, get Darnell Washington, add him as your third pick overall, but still on day two.
0: I when you put Darnell Washington in, and I was like, "You need to calm down." I don't think Darnell Washington gets out of the first. I really don't. He we'll see. Is,
1: we'll see. He, he had a monster combine, and people he, are gonna go back to the tape.
0: Yeah, he um, absolutely did. He's he's incredibly impressive. I think yeah. he ends up a day one pick, but we'll see. I I would love it if the Bucks got him on day two. Don't get me wrong, but uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's a. Uh, Certainly a new position we're going to be talking plenty about moving on in in mock draft Mondays.
1: The tight end position certainly just gained a whole lot of steam as far as need and importance in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft plans. But you know what? Free agency is right around the corner and could change all that as well. We're going to look at another mock draft from a a fan-submitted mock draft here on Mock Draft Monday. That's coming up next here on the Locked on Bucks podcast. And today's episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but you don't want all the fat and the calories, then you've got to turn built bar with built healthy can actually be tasty and they're so delicious you're not even going to realize that they're good for you they're all covered in 100 real chocolate and come in unbelievable flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie and a whole lot more all while maintaining amazing macros only 130 calories four grams of sugar and 17 whopping grams of protein for years now we've been telling you to go get your built bars at built.com but now you can get them at your local walmart or sam's club Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in and grab yourself a 13-bar box of brownie batter or churro. Or, of course, you can still go online and find amazing flavors at Built.com, like the brownie batter puff and the new and improved double chocolate Built Bar. Whatever your preference is, grab yourself a Built Bar for a healthy snack. Built Bar, built different. Thanks for making Locked On Bucks Podcast first in first few of the day tithing. T- I just I was going to say turning, I was going to say diving. I couldn't figure out which one I was going to say before I got to the word. Diving into a fan-submitted mock draft here on Mock Draft Monday, James. This one's coming from Reese via Locked LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. He sent that in uh, via email, screenshotted that PFF mock draft that he did, sent it to us. Uh, Reese stationed at McDill Air Force Base. We appreciate you there From Colorado Springs, so I appreciate you even more because that's where uh, my father retired out of the army was uh fort carson so in colorado springs a lot of fond memories there anyway um appreciate you reese so james let's uh let's dive in to this this bad boy here no crazy trades no uh no no, no insanity to start off here pick number 19 nice and clean and direct miles murphy defensive end edge rusher whatever you want to call him
0: out of clemson what do you think you can never have too many pass rushers, right? And Joe Tryon Shoyinka is a guy who has to step up in a big, big way this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we talked about it a week or so ago that that he's a guy that he can't close. So unless he is able to step up and be a true complement to Shaq Barrett, the Bucs are going to need to look to to move on. You could bring in Miles Murphy now, bring him along, put him in the rotation, get him some experience. It makes a lot of sense. My only thing is I. I'm curious how the board fell because I don't know if I'm in love with the idea of drafting an edge rusher at 19. I would rather go defensive back or or linebacker or defensive line uh, as far as as a target at 19. But I I totally get it if it's a guy that can come in and make an impact, do it.
1: Yeah, look, that's that's the trick with these mock drafts, right? It's kind of knowing the context behind the pick. But Miles Murphy uh, as a guy, you know what I mean? I think that I think. When you look at what the Buccaneers need, and I go back to the last scouting combine. We've talked about that a lot over the last year where Jason Light, you know, basically came out. I mean, Bruce Arians at the time was the head coach, kind of echoed the same sentiments that they wanted to get a much better pass rush effort from their down linemen. And they did not get that this this last season. Again, Vita Vea leading your team uh, in, in, in sacks as a, as a defense tackle, not just a defense tackle, but his style of defensive tackle, much more of a block eater than anything else. That's not a good thing, and that that's not something that the Buccaneers can continue with. So bringing in a guy like Miles Murphy, get him into the mix, get him in there, let him look. Logan Hall, like you're either going to fight for a starting job you're going to fight to stay on the field. William Golson's a veteran. It's going to be hard to get him off the field. Shaq Barrett coming back. Joe and We know what Devin White can do from the off-ball linebacker position. Hopefully, Levante David comes back. We'll see what happens there. But you just add another weapon to this pass rush arsenal and let Todd Bowles kind of go to work figuring out what he can do. Uh, with this group. Honestly, with Miles Murphy, Logan Hall, you might start seeing a little bit more uh, even fronts from the from the Buccaneers defense than you're used to uh, in the past, especially if they do lose Levante David. Maybe you want to keep KJ Britt or whatever young linebacker they bring in a little bit. There's a lot of things, a lot of different things that happen. But in a vacuum, Miles Murphy makes a lot of sense for what the Buccaneers need and what they could do, certainly in the first round. Now, James, looking at round two, we'll start with the second round. Uh, not safety. Syracuse, the S threw me there. Cornerback, Garrett Williams, out of Syracuse, and quarterback Hendon Hooker uh, out of Tennessee. I don't know if you've heard of him.
0: I have not, but, uh, I mean, he wasn't even at the Combine. So, like, I mean, he oh. talked, but he didn't oh. do any drills. He didn't do any any drills anything. or anything. Is he even any good? Yeah. No, you all know that we love Hendon Hooker. Uh, <laughs> the big thing about Garrett Williams is I, I love that he went corner after he went edge, and, David, I'm going to let you talk about this one. I don't know if I love the corner that he went with.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, to me, Garrett Williams is just—he's too small. You yeah. know what I mean? And and look, I don't have confirmation that Todd Bowles. Some teams actually do. Some teams they have like legit. Like if you're not this tall, if you're not this long, if you're not this whatever for whatever position group, we're not even looking at you. You're you're completely off of our board. I don't know that Todd Bowles has a height requirement for his cornerbacks, but five foot ten, which is uh, which is where Garrett Williams came in at the NFL Scouting Combine does not really match the profile. Now you mentioned that in his combine media session, he did say he could play safety, Mm -hmm. which is cool, which is cool. I don't know that I draft a backup for Antoine Winfield Jr. in the second round. You know what I mean? Um, So, so again, I like the DB approach. Not sure. I like the match. Uh, Hendon hooker, future franchise quarterback, according to NFL.com's Daniel Jeremiah. I mean, I don't know how many more times we got to say it. Kyle Trask was a second round pick. Drew Lott's a second round pick. Sign him in free agency. Make Hendon Hooker a second-round pick. Look, if you can give him a third round, even better. Uh, Third-round pick and uh, go to town and figure out which one of these day two draft picks wants to be your franchise quarterback. So moving on to day number three, uh, round four, there's no picks for the Buccaneers. We got two picks in the fifth round, two linemen. We got Juice Scruggs and Antonio Maffi out of UCLA. In round six, we go halfback and tackle. Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia is the running back. Awesome Richards from North Carolina is the offensive tackle. And then in round seven, we go back to defense. Linebacker Carl Marshall out of Troy with the minor league baseball team logo and safety Daniel Scott out of Cal. No offense to anybody who loves Troy. I'm just being funny. James, uh, third round, a lot of needs met, a lot of offensive line depth, running back rooms addressed, linebackers addressed, safety is addressed. So good need filling uh, there here by Reese. Which pick stands out to you?
0: Uh, it's Kenny McIntosh, and, and it's Kenny McIntosh for a multitude of reasons. Number one, the Buccaneers are going to have an obvious need at running back after moving on from Leonard Fournette. Number two, Kenny McIntosh made such an impression at the Combine when he had the opportunity to speak with the media. He might be my favorite person in the draft. Not necessarily player because you all know that Chase Brown is my guy and he's absolutely crushing it at the Combine. But Kenny McIntosh had this accommod- like accommodating personality, very laid-back demeanor, incredibly funny, incredibly engaging but also very, very honest, blunt, and and true to who he knows he is. And he, and he left an impression on everyone around him. And one of the things that stood out to me the most, and if you can get Kenny McIntosh in round six, you you are getting an absolute steal because this is a guy that prides himself on being able to run, catch, and pass block. And he straight up said, I take, So much pride in my pass blocking. I'm not afraid to get in there and get my nose in the middle of a blitzing linebacker because if you can't pass block at Georgia, you don't play. And this is a guy that sat for numerous years when the transfer portal was an option and he could have left and he could have had opportunities elsewhere. Instead, he said, I will be a better player by sitting and grinding and earning my way than transferring and just getting it handed to me. So his mentality is fantastic. His athletic ability is fantastic. I love that kid. Great pick.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, My eye goes to Antonio Mafi uh, out of UCLA, the interior offensive lineman. This is a guy who's got a rugby background. He's got a defensive tackle background. And honestly, he's a guy who's kind of already proven that he can fall off but then fight back. He's a guy that in 2021 didn't really get a lot of burden in UCLA because he lost a lot of that discipline Came back to, to camp for the 2021 uh, college football season, out of shape, soft, just, just, just disappointing uh, all across, and then basically had to work his way up, go on a diet, go on a workout regiment, showed up early to practice, stayed after practice, did extra workouts just to prove to his team and his coaching staff that he could be the guy that they wanted him to be. Um, considered a, a combine snub, was not in Indianapolis this year, so not a lot of people got to see him in person there. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder when it comes to his pro day. And I already like the nastiness. I told told James before we started recording, dude reads like the guard version of Ryan Jensen. And if that's the personality he brings, all power all the time, Wants to hit a dude and wants to put a guy on his back, you're going to love having that kind of guy on your roster. So, Reese, great job on that mock draft. Appreciate you submitting that. You are now on the list of contenders for our NFL draft giveaway. We haven't really figured out what this is going to be yet. Uh, it could be one prize, could be three prizes, could be five prizes. I don't know. We'll
0: go crazy. It could we'll be right my of it's bothering. It could me be right James's
1: dog. Uh it could be his 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 iMac. We'll we'll see what we decide to uh, to give away this year. Coming up, we got a question uh, from from a from a Lockdown Bucks listener. So we're going to answer that and it's going to dive into the future of the left tackle position, like we're all talking about, but also the right tackle position. That's coming up next on Lockdown Bucks. <laughs>
0: Wrapping things up here on a Mock Draft Monday edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast. And we do have a DM. It's going to play into the Mock Draft realm because Kendall from Twitter at Jet underscore Setter Life DM'd us over at Locked on Bucks. Please send your DMs over to at Locked on Bucks. And he says, how much faith do you guys have in Gedeke being a million times better at right tackle what would you do at left tackle or right tackle if you were Jason Light? So, David, I'm going to kick it over to you first. Do you have faith that Gedeke, uh can be a better offensive lineman if he moves over to right tackle? So here's what I'm going to say about Gedeke
1: first and foremost. Could he be a million times better at right tackle than he was at an interior offensive lineman? Absolutely. I mean, right tackle was what he played at Central Michigan. It's kind of his natural position. Uh, his build is kind of set for that anyway. And he, I mean, let's be honest, he got mauled uh, there on the inside. Now, Jason Light defended him, which, you know, as he should uh, at the NFL scouting combine guys said, look, this is a rookie who's kind of playing not out of position, but in a new position. And he faced, I think, what did Jason say? Like, like three of the top five interior, like three techs in the National Football League. So of course he got mauled, but it's like, okay. But at the same time, bro, you drafted him. That was your plan for him. Uh, you know, so take some responsibility and just kind of admit that the plan didn't work. Well, if the plan didn't work, and the plan's not going to work, then move him back to his o- original position, move him to right tackle, start training him up there. And, well, he's going to be a million times better. I don't know what numeral I could put on it, but you would assume that at least being back in his natural position would make him better. Plus, he probably comes in uh, as a backup, because, James, if you're asking me what to do with left and right tackle, I get the desire to move Tristan Worse to the left and maybe draft in a new right tackle and, and get rid of Donovan Smith. I'll be honest with you. There's not 32 starting caliber left tackles in the National Football League. I've been looking at this left tackle free agent tracker, uh, and the right tackle free agent tracker isn't much better. You're not paying for Orlando Brown. You're not going to pay for Taylor Lewan and everybody, Eric Fisher, Calvin Beach, and Jason Peters, Dakota Dozier. They're not upgrades. So if you move Tristan Wirth to the left side, you're just creating a hole on the right side. You already have the right side locked down by an all-pro. Keep the right side locked down. At left tackle, look, nobody wants to hear this you might have to stick with Donovan Smith because just like we talked about when he got re-signed, there may not be a better option, but you still address it in the draft. Maybe you do move, get a key out, and see what he can develop into in year
0: two. Yeah, that's the kind of the risk-reward, right? Like if Tristan Wirfs moves over to the left side, you are removing an all-pro player out of his position. the same time, if he's 85% as good on the left side as he is on the right side, he's still probably in the top half of tackles in the NFL. So, you know, it's it's a risky move, and I think a lot of it is going to pan out based on how the draft falls. If they're able to get a guy uh, at tackle that they feel can take over the right side and believe in Tristan moving to the left, they could do that. If they bring in a guy and they believe that he's an upgrade over Donovan Smith on the left side, they can leave Tristan alone in his you know, all pro spot and, you know, be fine with it. So I think if I'm Jason Light, what I'm doing right now is I'm looking for an answer at left tackle. I'm going to leave Tristan Wirfs alone. And it may be a one-year experiment where you're, you know, you draft someone and, and hope that they develop. You might, you know, try to shift around some of the guys that you already have. Or like you said, David, you just go ahead and you keep Donovan Smith one more year. I wouldn't. Because again, if you're if you're having to get rid of money in order to get under the salary cap, Donovan Smith seems like a pretty obvious decision to make. So it's it's tough. But we also said not to move Ali Marpet. And that dude moved twice and he was dominant everywhere. So who knows? Maybe Tristan Wirfs ends up being one of the best left tackles in all of football. Definitely something to keep your eye on and why you should keep it locked here on Mock Draft Mondays and every other day because we're going to continue to break all of this stuff down every single day leading all the way up to free agency and the draft free agencies in like a week and a half, dude. It's oh, so much. So many teams are going to get so many players. We're just going to be sitting here like, well, the Bucs cut some people. No, they're going to make signings. They have to. But with that, we are going to get out of here. Make sure... You are checking out everything that David is doing over at Day.com. Check out my work over at, at BucksNation.com. Make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. We really appreciate it. And, of course, when we do our live shows and you subscribe, you can join us in the live chat. Those are fun. You want to do that. Thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. Send in your mock drafts and your questions to LockedOnBucsPodcast at gmail.com. Or send them to the DMs on Twitter at Locked On Bucks. You can follow David at DHarrison82. You can follow me at JYarko underscore Bucks. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.